Hello and welcome back to the ASAP Weekly Pokemon Podcast. Um, probably one of the shows that I'm getting more and more excited for, but it's like, you know, we purposely made sure that we, uh, Matt and I agreed to to make sure we, we didn't, you know, over uh, blow through all the topics, have like a weekly show and then be burnt out after a month. Um, and I kind of like it because antici- every time we were about to do the show, I, I like I build anticipation and joy, you know, in, in, uh, in enjoying it. How do you feel, Matt? <laughs> I feel much the same way. You know, we're digging back into these old games, part of my childhood. And, uh, you know, you think you remember these games pretty clearly. But then you look back on the material and you're like, wow, these were actually, you know, it wasn't just because I was, you know, six. These were actually really good games. I would even argue that um, as an adult, you have more appreciation for the games. I think I think as a kid, you have like enjoyment, a lot of enjoyment. But as an adult, especially when you're going through some of maybe the newer games, you kind of go play those games and you're like, no, there's like a very fun uh, loop, right? Main yeah. game design loop that these games have uh, and, and you kind of explore the world. Um, but it's not anything that is racking your brain. Yeah, you know, like, I look back on a lot of the games I played as a kid, and, like, some of them are, why was I playing that? But, uh, no, I look back on the Pokemon games, and I can see exactly why I played them, because they're good quality games. And uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, Generation 2, I believe. Generation 2, yes. Uh, If you didn't make the segue, I was going to, so uh, I like how you're uh, thinking ahead. It's good, it's good. Is that, you know, secretly, by by the end of this, Matt's already going to be like the perfect podcaster. Has all the uh, transitions ready to go. Everything, <laughs> everything will be uh, uh, top notch. Okay, so yeah, there is. Yeah, we're going to talk about um, the gold and silver games. We're going to say gold and silver, uh, and we'll do like the the changes with crystal at the end. But for all of these reviews, where there's kind of like the three games, do you know that we're kind of reviewing all of them at the same time? If that makes sense. Right, we're kind of reviewing Gold, Silver, and Crystal, and I know there'll be like a separate section for like the 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 kind of remake that happens like uh, usually a year later or whatever. Um, but but do you know that we're kind of reviewing all three of them from our collective memory slash uh, all the information, which is <laughs> quite useful because uh, Crystal was my game. Uh, my sister had Gold. I'd like to go right off the bat. So, in preparation for this, and perhaps inspired from our uh, previous podcast with Run Blue, I had gone back and did not play Crystal, even though I do have a Crystal copy on my DS, downloaded from the time that uh, they were selling it in the Nintendo DS um, store. Um, I actually went back and I played some Heart Gold. So a little different, and I know we won't be going into uh, perhaps the the differences of the, the newer versions. I just kind of want to preface this with that, because um, for me, this game is and like maybe when we go back and we go through the games, uh, there might be, uh, yeah, there might be some things that you know I, I find different, and I might have some new uh, assumptions uh, about the games, new new kind of insights into the games, and my ratings might change. But if I right now, if I were to guess what my favorite game in the series is, it's probably the second generation. Uh, also, speaking of which, Tristan, hello. <laughs> Hello. Oh, sorry, I was briefly detained. No worries. We're already getting into things here, so uh, uh, how you're thrown into the fire. So, 
uh, welcome. Uh, and we're just going to keep going as if, as if, you know, Tristan was here the whole time. I honestly should not have mentioned it. I should have just been like, oh, Tristan, you haven't said anything. That's how I should have been. <laughs> it's too late now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, we're, we're getting into gold and silver. And I was just telling Matt here that um, from right now, where I sit right now, this is probably my favorite generation of the games. Uh, and so I don't know if either you two have an inkling as how you feel um, about this game kind of as a race between other games right off the bat. But if you have some kind of intro, I don't want it to be too long because we'll get into the specifics of the game. But yeah, how do you how do you feel this stacks up before we get into the specifics with the other games? Uh, it's real close. Um, my favorite will always be the fourth generation. But the second generation is really high up there. Um, I always find it hard to actually like, come up with like a numbered list. I usually have my favorite and then like seven runners up for any sort of tier list. <laughs> I, I think regardless, I think at the end of like when we've went through all the games, we'll have to kind of go back and, and make a list. And that could that could definitely be a fun episode if you're Tristan, how do you feel uh, second generation stacks up in, in the grand scheme of Pokemon games? Um all over, it's still probably one of my favorites. I don't know if I can say fully favorite, just because like we're not counting remakes. Um, we're, we're not counting remakes? Yeah, I, ooh, that's that's a great point, because mm. I had just mentioned HeartGold, and uh, yeah, I think that might be... Sometimes the remakes... It's, it's kind of hard to say this, but sometimes it feels like playing the remake version of the original game, you're like, this is the best version, you know what I mean? Of all the games, because the remakes... Uh, just do a lot of, you know, uh, get rid of a lot of, I guess, problems that the original games had. Uh, let's get into what the original games actually look like, because that's why we're here for. We're, we're kind of tracking the changes as we go on through the games. So the first thing that I want to make mention, and there's a long list, and some of these we might run through really quickly. But if you want to comment, Matt or Tristan, at any point, please let me know. Uh, the first big change is obviously 100 new Pokemon were introduced, including pre-evolutions to the previous Pokemon uh, in the first generation, and some new uh, complete evolution chains. How do you feel about the Pokemon in Gen 2? I like uh, a good majority of them. I'm not huge on the pre-evolutions, because um, they're neat, but they don't really add much, because they're just something that you evolve out of, typically. You know, whenever there's uh, another evolution added, that's something new that I can add to my uh, team at the end of the game. But a pre-evolution is uh, is basically just a Pokedex entry for me. Uh, Tristan, how, how about you? How did you feel about uh, some the new Pokemon in Gen 2? Um, I don't think there's any that I actually dislike. Um... I've, I, I, would, I would tend to agree with you. I think Gen 1 and 2 are definitely Pokemon that I hold in that uh, nostalgia what's it called the nostalgia cave in my mind you know where yeah, all fair. of them are perfect <laughs> um maybe maybe one thing i would say about pre-evolutions it's definitely a, a great marketing strategy that's what i'll say for uh, selling plushies cute plushy toys yeah i i don't necessarily <laughs> think they're like amazing from a gameplay perspective but i think the whole like breathing angle is a neat like world building is not the right word for it but you know something close to that it flushes things out a lot i think for sure, for sure. Um, I would say as well uh, that um, this this is the part I think I think, and I mean, I'll make this I'll make this comment a couple times. I feel throughout this episode, but 
the second generation for me kind of completes the first arc of pokemon in general um and so it kind of is in some ways i feel i in my mind i almost see the first and second generation pokemon together right maybe this is also the time i was still watching pokemon movies <laughs> to be fair uh so i'm sure there's something to do with that uh but yeah i i, I kind of take these 100 new and it felt like this this 250 list shall we say is to me like i don't know if this is it's it's almost like its own era of pokemon you know what i mean yeah I think, there is that feel mm-hmm. um particularly with uh the fact that you could transfer pokemon from the first generation to the second generation but you couldn't do it from the second generation to the third generation and like third generation moving onwards it all connects upwards like you can technically have a kyogre you caught in generation three today <laughs> yeah i mean i actually do but uh <laughs> i don't i don't know if i actually do i if i if if not I've, i'm sure i have a pokemon from at least gen four um in, in somewhere in my pokemon home but what I would say is, uh, as well as, like, I think Gen 3 is very much where I felt Pokemon, rightfully so, because I think there's only so much you can add to the originals before you... you almost, They almost had to take the leap in Gen 3 to, like, start looking at a new kind of world of Pokemon, shall we say. Um, but, yeah, but, but Gen 3 takes a new... I think there's a new art style, there's the HD, like, better graphics, blah, blah, blah. So there's definitely a lot of changes that happen from gen 3 to gen 2 but uh gen 2 a lot of the quality of life and a lot of the uh if if, what would you call it a lot of the changes that are convenient and so you're not irritated the whole time a lot of them can kind of be tracked back to uh pokemon gold so i'm going to continue on with some of the new things and we're going to bounce off it sound good yep yep uh okay i just want to say part of it there's there's a lot of connective tissue like you can literally trade between the games. Um, mm-hmm. But even just the actual roster itself, by having a bunch of new evolutions for things, oh. like Caesar and Steelix, you're not really getting that thing where you have like this jumping back point. Like Gen 4 added a bunch of evolutions for Gen 2 and things like that, but it's not the same kind of connection because like, there's only one thing to really connect to, so it kind of ties them together even stronger, is what I felt. Yeah, and with adding only a hundred new Pokemon, um, they're really like building on the roster. You know, you don't get the effect of some other regions where it's just like this is this region's version of Zubat. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think I think that's part of it. Where things aren't clearly supposed to like replace things. It's 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 an addition. Yeah, and I mean, I I think you know, I'm sure when we get to the later games, there'll be a big argument about like. Why are these Pokemon even here if they're just replacing previous Pokemon, essentially, right? Um, anything with a bat in it. <laughs> <laughs> Any kind of creature that is like a Zigazoon. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, there's the, we can get into those there. This is something that I saw and I added kind of into the list of new things that I thought was interesting, but I, I had never really thought about. Um, but there are 86 new moves added in the Gen 2 game. So there's a total of 251 moves. So yes, you, you, you thought of, you, you, you're thinking this correctly. They have about, uh, what is it now? They have 251 Pokemon and they have 251 moves. So 
interesting addition there uh, i think they're like yes every pokemon there should be a move for every pokemon was apparently a design decision uh in this game uh what do you guys think of that <laughs> no comment I, I don't know if that was <laughs> I, I can't say for the devs whether that was like a conscious decision to have like 251 moves for 251 pokemon i think a large portion of it was probably and this is our next bullet point uh, the addition of the two new types in this generation. Um, Dark and Steel, yeah. You yeah, the last that, yeah. new types for a long while after this. Um, which is surprising how they kind of settled on a roster of types very early on with only one addition much later. Uh, Steel and Dark add quite a lot to this game. So Dark, Dark was essentially a way for them to... Uh... You know, you can't just be Al- uh, Alakazam. Is that the name? Is that, is that yeah. The final evolution? Yeah. Uh, dealing you can't, you with, can't just use... dealing with psychic. <laughs> dealing with psychic, and then steel. Uh, steel was something that it beat. What, what, what was like the new triangle they created with steel? Steel is a very defensive type. It doesn't have a lot mm-hmm. that's super effective against. I don't think. I think it's just like poison. It's just like ice and rock. I think, and it might not even be ice. Um, but it has a lot of resistances, notably, it notably resists dragon, which is important, but doesn't come up terribly often because it's not yeah, super effective against it. And kind of to that I, point, maybe, maybe we can talk about it a little bit, but I think the reason they settled for the types and the reason sometimes new Pokemon is, um, I don't know. I don't think confusing the right word, but like. There's a point where where when they added the ability for me to know whether something's super effective or not, I was actually thankful because I'm like, I'm not a competitive player that knows every single, you know what I mean, like stat versus against. Because at a certain point, they had so many types that, that you had to like memorize these essentially, right? So I think I think there is uh there is a limit to um how many different types you want, and perhaps it kind of helps balance out the game a little bit. Um, so so it doesn't get you know you don't find uh dragon out of, out of nowhere anyway uh what do you guys think uh, a lot that? of the a lot of the additional moves are also addressing glaring holes in the existing game beforehand mm-hmm. um the fact that there we, we, we talked about this last time but the fact that there were no damaging dragon moves or ghost moves <laughs> outside of the fixed damage moves because dragon <laughs> rage did 40 just always every single time <laughs> and then the only ghost move in the game did damage equal to your level. So now that there are actual options for that, albeit not tons, but enough, um, it really fleshed out a whole bunch of things. Um, it helps in particular that Game Freak, I think, looked at, not that they were balancing for competitive play, because that's not really their priority in the early stuff. They've kind of leaned into it. Sorry, my, my browser did something weird. Um they they, they, they've kind of leaned into it since a little bit because I think they realized there was big money involved. But uh, in the early gens, I think they still realized Psychic was a major problem. So they designed a type that was not only strong against it, but literally immune to it. And then also were like, and what if Bug and Ghost had some moves that actually worked? And what if we had Bugs and Ghosts that aren't weak to Psychic because of their poison <laughs> secondary typing? So I think it was like across the board... They, they looked at some things that were not ideal in red, blue, and yellow, and then added 
like bridges over their stuff. And, and to be fair, I, I think what they're kind of going for here is like balancing the game enough, right? Where yeah. where where it essentially favors like, hey, you probably shouldn't just have one Pokemon that's really 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 strong. You should have a couple different types. Is is the general way I approach most of these games now, right? Yeah. Um, especially, I would say like the there's like I have like the three Pokemon rule sometimes, where I like to have like three three kind of like vary types so I don't get stuck at a gym leader. Um, that it's it's a it's a rule of thumb that's uh, correct at maybe sixty percent of the time. Uh, so, um, uh, but sometimes those are you know especially if I'm just playing these games for fun, those are good rules of, uh, to follow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I certainly don't think they're trying to cultivate this competitive ecosystem. I think they just realized that Gen Gen One had some like serious anti fun baked into it by accident, and they wanted to address that the best they could. Yeah, I think it's very fair. Yep, uh, Matt, you want to add something there? Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah. These days, um, <laughs> I tend to build an entire like six Pokemon team, like agonizing over the type chart to make sure i have full type coverage um i didn't do it back in this generation because i was like six or something and uh i'm just like for alligators the strongest pokemon ever he can do everything for me i mean you know what maybe maybe we maybe maybe that was the way to do it okay just keep keep fighting against uh, pidgeys and uh... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, Eventually if you have a experience. forty level advantage on everyone, yeah, you can you can kind of just bulldoze them. <laughs> um, okay, next thing is the, the introduction of the uh, Johto region. Um, I think it's a cool region. I have lots of fond memories of, of these first Kanto Johto uh, kind of regions. I, I don't have much more to add to this. I think I can probably just skip it. Cool, nice new map, nice new region. Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not a huge fan of Johto myself. It feels like a it feels like a smaller region for reasons we'll get into later when we talk about the big thing about Gen 2. Oh, I, but... have, I have words for this after this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, interesting. Interesting. I think we're going to have very different takes on this, but I'm excited. Uh, yeah, I'm going to keep going. So we'll we'll save the talk when we get to the story. Sound good for, for Johto region? Uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, okay. Other new thing, genders for Pokemon and breeding. Uh, you know prompting in the future uh, the never-ending uh, perfect iv race which you know you can say what you want about it um <laughs> but yeah that was a new feature uh okay I'm, I'm gonna start running through if if there are things you want to jump in just jump in uh yep. new pokeballs made of fruit or apricots apricots i don't know how you say it uh but regardless these i these were a lot of fun for me because uh i in the later games you just kind of buy the the special pokeballs or, or you'd find them randomly um, but this one you had to bring them to uh, to Kurt, uh, so they, they were a nice little addition, kind of some different. Yeah, know. I was always bringing uh, apricorns to. Uh, oh, that's Kurt. apricorns. Yes, yes, my bad. Yeah, uh, it was it was a regular <laughs> ritual for me. Um, it wasn't ter. I don't think it was terribly clear in the game the exact me- me- uh, mechanics. Oh, in the original the game, balls. I don't think it was. No. But uh, they were they were interesting to add some new ways to catch Pokemon than just I'm just gonna get 900 Ultra Balls and just throw it throw it at the Pokemon until it submits. Isn't that usually what happens anyway, though? <laughs> now, no, now it's Dusk Balls. But <laughs> nice, nice. Um, yeah. I, okay, this was probably one of the biggest features that was added in the game. 
the built-in clock that allows for in-game events depending on the time of day. I clearly remember trying to catch a is it Scyther. Is, is that the one? Because uh, there's like it was on Tuesdays and Saturdays, and I just oh had to wait yeah to that yeah day. the bug yep. uh, safari place the bug safari place yeah so I remember it was actually kind of fun because fun in that sense uh, I remember a lot of people would like change the time to 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 Matt. <laughs> 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 you'd like try to like if if you're really because I, I i don't know if you can change it multiple times no just daylight savings you can change it daylight savings so i mean i i i remember at some point my clock was like completely not working to the real world uh, but it kind of worked out because it meant that those events happened in a time that I actually would be playing yeah. uh but yeah i i think this was a cool little mechanic that actually added a different flair to the game uh what do you what do you think of the end game clock it was it was cool. It definitely had a lot of um, life to the game, not only just because like there was actually a day night cycle, but also because it changed like the availability of some things. Yeah, actually, it made the world feel more alive. They actually made it dark and night. Oh, sorry, night and day, which they didn't do in the remake. Um, uh, so that that's also another thing. It's like all of a sudden, like the whole map is like a lot darker, a lot brighter. So. A nice little effect to make it feel like the real time of day. Although there were times when it got dark that you could hardly see the screen because remember, no backlight. Um, so, <laughs> so that is something to uh, take into account. Another thing that I'm sure people love or love to dread, I guess, is uh, shiny Pokemon have been introduced to the game at that point. Um, yeah, I, I've i never I, been one who's particularly interested in shiny Pokemon, but I know a lot I, of I can't are. really speak to shiny Pokemon because I've actually never caught a shiny Pokemon. I've caught in a red Gyarados. I mean, I don't count the red Gyarados. <laughs> Nobody counts have, the red, no. Tristan, have you caught any uh, any red Pokemon? Sorry, shiny Pokemon. Um, Yeah, from, from time to time. Uh, my first one wasn't. So, so they've got in, in Crystal as well, there was an egg they gave you in the daycare the first time you went. Mm-hmm. Not the one Professor Elm's assistant gives you, but there's one they just, like, give you. In the daycare, yeah. Yeah. And it's called the Odd Egg. And it turns out that through, intentionally or not, there's some quirk in how the egg is, like, made. As far as, like, it's um, opening stuff. Mm-hmm. That it has, like, a really increased chance to be shiny. Um, so I also don't kind of count that, because, like, it, it doesn't super count. Yeah. Um, but not counting that or the red Gyarados, I think the first thing I actually caught that was shiny was a Talo in Pokemon Sapphire. And that was like years later. But yeah, I've, I've caught a few. I've, I've bred for one or two against my better judgment. Yeah. <laughs> I can't see much. My, well, my I... luck has just been garbage for the entirety of my life. <laughs> I've never just... even seen one in the wild. I don't think I have either. Um, but I just there's part of me that like it's like this thing that a lot of people like jumped onto that they needed to get and I was like I can't I already have enough time <laughs> trying to catch all the Pokemon all right <laughs> catching the shinies too is too much um, <laughs> so uh, we'll leave it at that uh, friendship that was introduced in yellow is also a stat that's in, in this game so that's fun um, uh, Pokemon can now hold items and use them in battle prompting me to find another element to this game uh that uh while cool i'm sure when i played it originally did not particularly care about nor knew yeah, about. I, I don't had, even think i knew about this and I, I had no idea how this worked as a kid but it's one of the most influential decisions that 
uh, second generation made because I don't know. I can't remember what items they had available to hold in the second generation, but nowadays, like the stuff you can get is wild. I yeah, like it was we, uh, it was mostly berries, and the like. It's mostly berries. Um, it it was interesting in that you still I think it's still the rule is that there's certain items, um, that just straight up can't be used by Pokemon, and mm-hmm. they've kind of relaxed on it since. And some of like the more equipment focused items, since. Um, buck that trend just a touch but the the basic rule of thumb was like if it was something organic your pokemon was smart enough to use it on its own like it would just eat a berry but if mm. you gave it like a potion like that wasn't gonna happen um it was also interesting trade oh. master balls yep it was it was also interesting in that it kind of interacted with the friendship mechanic just a touch um mm. where the only medicine items that were like available for your pokemon to just do on its own were the bitter kind that like ruined its friendship rating over time i think i could be wrong on that but i remember like there there's like energy root energy powder there's things like that where the point was that like they do this thing and they're fairly cheap but they tank yeah. your pokemon's friendship i think they were also usable in battle by your pokemon and that was like their upside because otherwise why would you ever write I mean, two hundred dollar full of stores. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Pikachu, but just uh... eat your hamburgers, Apollo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, definitely, I guess another aspect that I a hundred percent when I played through these original games had no idea about uh, this weird friendship thing. There's another thing that I'm sure I didn't uh, hear about, but I saw this on the Bulbapedia page, so I'm going to assume this is a thing. The Pokemon virus? Can someone explain this to me? Yep. It was it was functionally invisible in Gen 2. Like, it was not very common at all. Um, I feel like they actually buffed it somewhat in Gen 3, because I had never seen it before then. And I'm positive I played more Gen 2 than Gen 3. Um, with... I'm, I'm not going to bore you guys to tears. Um, but you just the, got more long and short of it. And it gets spread. That's sort of. Sort okay. of. The, the long and short of it is that Pokemon stats are influenced not only by um, like their, their species, like there's base stats that they'll hit, um, mm-hmm. but they also get something called effort values, which are if you, if you fight certain Pokemon, grant certain effort values in addition to EXP, it's a completely invisible number until like X and Y. It's yeah. a garbage mechanic. What? Yeah. It, yeah. It's, I, it's one I, of the things honest, that was absolutely f- ridiculous. I, this is the first time I'm literally hearing about this. Oh, yeah, I just brutal. want you to know. <laughs> um, yeah, so Poke, po- yeah, so what, what Pokerus did was, at the time, I think it also increased the XP, but the, the primary motivator for it was it doubled all your effort value gains. So effort values are either, it's a number from 0 to, you get 510 total across your Pokemon, but it caps yeah. it at 240 or 254, I think. Yeah, something like that. No, it's 512 and it caps at 256, but only 252 of that is viable or whatever whatever the exact numbers are. The 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 long and short of it is it was like a training aid that really didn't impact casual play very much, apart from like, oh yeah, my Pokemon is randomly stronger in these areas I won't notice. Um, yeah, like the intention behind it was to make everyone's Pokemon more unique because, yeah. you know, you're... 
uh, Pikachu or whatever would be di- different from your friend's Pikachu because you naturally probably fought different Pokemon with it, and it would make it more like unique in yours. Then it hit like then like it became noticed by the competitive scene. I hate all of this because I know like, exactly what happened with the competitive scene because of this. And this, like, is, right? this is so also... began like the genocide of the Geodudes because. <laughs> You know, Wait, what happened to the Geodudes? Well, because I, I think beating up Geodudes probably increased your defense. Yeah, so I if think you want defense gave. effort values, you would just go around just destroying oh Geodudes. Every, every single Pokemon in the game has a certain effort value drop Did they get rid of this by this nope, gen or no? no? It's still this is still a thing. It's, so it's, every competitive player needs to, like. No, there's better ways to do it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Especially yeah. in later gens. But. Um, this is also what. Um, Things like protein did. Yeah, protein just gives you ten effort value up front, up to a cap. Okay, where, so where cause those I've used. Attack. Yeah, where it says it raises base attack, it actually means it's raising your attack growth. Um, there, there's kind of some like vague hints elsewhere in the game about how the like the higher level you catch a Pokemon, um, the less potential it has overall. That's because effort value. Effort values only affect levels for like, or stats for levels you gain after you have the effort values in place. So if you catch, say, I don't know, a level five. That's Pikachu, why. That's why you have to breed and start Pokemon from the beginning. Yeah, that's that's also why it's important in in silver to breed all your stuff. Not not like there's egg moves as well, but it's that fresh slate that helps a lot. Okay, so yeah. you know what I hate about like okay, so so I don't mind this from a casual perspective. Like you can have this implemented in the game, and. I cannot know about it and still play the game fine, and that's totally fine for me. But from a competitor's perspective, it's like, yeah, learn all these things that yep. no one's gonna, you know. It's, I, it's why they completely demystified they it in you. XY. Yeah, it's why they completely demystified it in XY, and why people got very, very angry that they demystified it in XY because people couldn't get like easy wins just by knowing arcane statistics about Pokemon. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm sorry that you have all the Hearthstone cards and you're playing against people who don't. Yeah, have pretty them. much. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah, because again, like this is also the one that introduced breeding, and with it, IVs. So you had IVs and EVs introduced in the same generation. Nobody told you anything about how they work. Yep. This is all discovered behind the scenes by like uh, people really like cracking the game. <laughs> Once again, if there's no competitive scene, none of this matters. They can totally have it in place, and I don't care. Oh, yeah. But because there is a competitive scene, I think you're, you've literally created a barrier of entry. Unless, of course, the idea, and honestly, you know, biggest franchise ever, so I guess I guess they're doing it right. The idea is, well, you know, competitive people who want to get competitive can deal with this, but the majority of people are just going to play the games every time they come out. It, it is actually one of those things where it started as like, oh, yeah, it's just this neat mechanic to ensure that no two people have the same Pokemon, and then, like, very, very sweaty people were like, oh, neat. I can crunch this <laughs> and make it do what uh, I want. Which is which is fine if that's if that's what they want to do. But, like... So this is what those people were. They're like, we found this out. So on the, like, the first competitive <laughs> circuits that ever happened, they just, like, dominated. And they're like, don't tell anyone. <laughs> don't tell anybody. Yeah, no, um, it's it's just one of those things that it was it was I I guess you could call it emergent gameplay because they certainly didn't intend for it to get this like oh no no number this crunchy 
it was literally a purpose to make it all like a little more random like all yeah. the different pokemon random and the result was people took advantage of it for competitive play regardless i once again so from a casual perspective as i play these games i have no problem with hidden mechanics that i don't care about that don't affect me in any way like any real way shall we say any any very impactful way um because even if they do i don't notice it so i don't care <laughs> yep in, in the way of putting it um yeah uh let's also talk about maybe one of the biggest changes in this um and and we talked a little bit about it in the red and blue episode but the special attack and special defense being split up into uh two things which great this had to happen (laughs) yeah pretty much yeah this isn't the full defeat of uh uh special being uh a bit too overpowered overpowered yeah because we haven't reached the uh special normal a special physical attack split yet but yeah. this was a big step on the way oh so what was it so wait hold on um Un- until generation four um whether an attack was physical or special was determined entirely based on type oh uh, and later so, it'd just be like these are the attack okay because because yeah, physical yeah. special I, I do understand now because i mean now it's literally all laid out in front of you so yeah so like fire punch was a special attack yeah it still did make I... some sense at the time as far as like oh yeah it's an elemental punch and then they realized that they were edge cases like Alakazam. <laughs> yeah, and it also made a lot of Pokemon stats weird because you'd have all these Pokemon who are like who have a lot of attack but are typed in special types yes. who cannot use their uh, uh, special attack bonus moves uh, effectively. Yeah, pretty much. Hmm. Regardless, uh, definitely spin in the r- r- right direction. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, another thing step in the right direction for easing my life is four containers instead of one in your bag. So we have the Poke Gear, introduction of the Poke Gear, the town map being a separate thing that you don't have to like scroll down through to get to. Um, and yeah, and you had four four containers for different stuff. Uh, and later on, you know, this was the beginning of you literally carrying a house on your back. Uh, <laughs> this this was a, this is where it started. But uh, I think from this this is one of those things where like you, you fight you know a lot of people like things to be like realistic ish like realistic enough right that's that's one thing you kind of want in these games it's like okay 11 year olds shouldn't be like wearing wearing a house on their backpack and being able to travel in this right but, but you I, probably but have I, different pockets in your backpack regardless uh you know yeah my my 100 pokeballs that yes maybe they can shrink but still that's 100 pokeballs um the <laughs> the regardless of all those things i will say this is one of those things where it's like from a quality of life perspective for the person playing the game it just made a lot of sense uh to be able to categorize the different specific things uh i don't know if any of you agree or disagree with that but no i definitely agree with that yeah it's kind of thing that that if they hadn't implemented in this generation like imagine getting to the next generations where you have like a thousand tms and they're like mixed in with your With your like, uh, I don't know, your Pokeballs and your berries and your um, key items and your one-time use items, yeah, <laughs> just all in the same thing, it would it just become a mess. Yeah, pretty much. I, I don't think there's anything much more to add. Great addition. Uh, 
Oh, here's another really big one that I enjoy. Uh, you can now just click on stuff to use HM moves. Uh, you don't have to go, you know, Pokemon, use the move. Uh, so that's nice. <laughs> um, and then I guess the biggest add-on as well, probably, I would say uh, from a quality of life perspective, probably a really big one. Um, although, you know, I, I think when I'm, when I was a, from a kid's perspective, this is probably the biggest change in this game, and it's the XP share as an item that you can have your Pokemon hold. Um, yeah. and, and literally, they just... And also, I never got XP all in the original games. Like the XP all was also just bad. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so XP share uh, is a held item, and essentially you just put it on your... Your... your, your uh, what was it? For Alligator? Was it Matt? <laughs> yeah. You put it on there, and at least, at least those other Pokemon could catch up slightly uh, as, as you went on. Um, I think now I have like no problem, you know, like swapping Pokemon in and out, uh, and like, uh, what's it called? And understanding that, oh yes, my bigger Pokemon can take a hit and I can still get this XP for this other Pokemon. Um, but I will say as a kid, there's like no way I'd want to ever swap out. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I mean, so... I, I just had a level 100 for alligator. It so was this... also much le- it was much less frustrating to use because like you could actually just funnel it all into one Pokemon, as opposed oh, in... to the EXPL, which like EXPL came back in um, X and Y. You had a it choice was... though, right? Yeah, it was an EXP share, but it was for the entire team, which actually worked as like a multiplier. Or like say, say for for sake of argument, you get like sixty EXP off a regular Pokemon, right? Yeah. With with the Gen One EXPL. Everything got 10 because it was considered to have like an equal share in the battle. In Gen 2, one Pokemon, as well as like the thing that fought it, both get 30. And then in Gen 6, it's like everything gets 60, I believe. Yeah. Okay, so so this was the one where you had to specifically designate which one's getting the XP share, is what yeah. we're saying. Yeah, the thing holding the the thing holding the XP share would get exp as as if it had taken place in every fight yeah and i i mean i which is fine yeah i don't mind either um but the tough thing is is that if you're sharing with everything what it kind of becomes what you realize after a while is that you just have all these pokemon that are like 10 levels too low anyway so you might as well just like cap capture a new pokemon oh no yeah in, in general it was absolutely glacial and it was it was the worst thing ever it was like oh my god please yeah. stop um now one feature i don't see on the on the list sorry um, i i also oh, let, let's, let's keep this in mind i will say i almost feel like the list was a little long uh for for, for this one because i'd already cut out some things um but no no no, no problem oh I, no i just have a good story to go with this one uh what i would say is i think in future ones i'll have less on the list and then if you remember stuff you'll can add it in right. as part of the conversation so what did you want to add matt um so they changed how pokemon boxes in this generation work and i tried looking this up and i couldn't figure out i couldn't find a definitive answer but um this might have been when they like really like uh introduced different pokemon boxes and as in your pokemon pc Mm -hmm. um and uh they they kind of did a fun thing because this was what allowed you to clone Pokemon. Ah, I knew this was coming. Because <laughs> whenever you whenever you uh, changed Pokemon boxes, it would uh, save the game. 
So you would transfer a Pokemon to a new box, it would start saving the game, and then when it reached a certain point, you turned your game off and turned it back on again, and you would have a Pokemon in both boxes. <laughs> this actually goes one step further, depending on what your story is going to be. Uh, so, me being a six-year-old with a level 100 for alligator, who was like, <laughs> this is the most powerful Pokemon ever, uh, decided... What if I had a whole team of level 100 for alligators? <laughs> so I cloned my clones over and over again, and something in my game broke. <laughs> <laughs> because when I cloned my seventh for al- my uh, my sixth or seventh for alligator, um, it's all the seventh Pokemon one. In my it must piece... be the seventh one. You know what I mean? You yeah. couldn't just have a whole party. You had to add an extra one. That <laughs> made, um, made God cry. <laughs> My my entire Pokemon PC got, like, mixed around. I had a Kingdra in there, and, like, 20 unknown, and I hadn't caught any of these Pokemon. <laughs> but then I released all but one of the clones, and my Pokemon PC went back to normal. Um, Interesting. So... You know, God's wrath was averted. You know, you, you yeah, brought things there were back lingering, to balance. There were lingering effects. Like, I think I completely broke my crystal game at this point. Because I caught a bay leaf in the wild. Yeah, I believe it. They, they were, they were like, notoriously good at being broken. If, if you ever the, did are... the... Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever did the duplication glitch in Gen 1, it irrevocably messed with your Hall of Fame forever. Like, if you ever looked at it in the PC, it was just absolute nonsense. Like, I'm not even talking about it's the wrong Pokemon. I'm talking, like, your name is, like, glitchy letters. There's, like, an abomination instead of your team. It's a lot. Here's the question. is Like, was that on purpose? Or was the game actually, like, when you did things like no, that? No, the, the game actually just freaked out because it was real gameplay. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, like, I, uh, this is another thing I want to mention. Didn't Pokemon color cartridges only last 15 years? Um, something like that. The internal there, battery. Something, yeah. Matt might know this better than I do, but I remember someone was telling me about this, that the, the actual operating, or the, uh, there's a... Cause the, my, the, the CMOS battery on them does not last super long. Exactly. Yeah. So, so there, yeah. there's something where after a certain amount of time, regardless like all those games would stop working right um hence why hence why emulators are allowed for games like over 15 years there's there's some like legal thing where it's like because it's an old technology that you can no longer access you're allowed to use an emulator for it essentially as long as you as long as you only sorry as long as you i just want to make sure this is clear as long as you own the uh original copy of the game that's that's the legal legalities of it at least anyway what did you want to say yeah, it's it's kind of twofold with these games because um, because cartridges are effectively just like a tiny chipset. Yeah. Um, there was the save battery as well, which means that like oh yes, in gold and silver, like the 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 clock battery would die and then it couldn't keep track of events and stuff, but the game was still playable. Um, after a certain point, though, like eventually, just the save battery would die and you just couldn't even save your game anymore. Like it could not hold that in memory. Hmm. Um, I wanted to jump back to the cloning glitch, though, because the cloning glitch yes, was extra fun um, if you were incredibly patient, because to do this, like, from start to finish took a good, like, at least hour and a half, depending on how fast you were at doing it. 
if you started the game, saved before you picked your starter, and then did not save again until such a time as you could go out and catch another Pokemon, you could get all three starters. Because what you would do <laughs> was you could pick a starter, go through the like 30 minutes of game between Elm's lab. This involves going up to the next city. This involves meeting his eccentric friend. This involves fighting your rival for the first time. All this stuff back and forth. And then finally you can get Pokeballs and catch like some Hoot Hoot or something. Yes. Drop your starter in a box. Do the clone glitch. And then when you wake up, you're back at Professor Elm's desk, ready to pick a new Pokemon, but the starter you picked is in your box. And you can do that and get all the stars. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I, like, all these things are so wonky to me, but they're also so fun. Because, like, anyone who plays the games now, it's just like, oh, like, I've had enough generations where there's repeats of Pokemon, so at some point I'll be able to either get all the starters or trade. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? But then you like think of all the crazy kind of things people would think of uh to to get these starters right that like, one also, was extra like, fun because it just became like this time loop where you're like hello again i'm here for my definite first pokemon professor helm i haven't seen you twice today already don't worry about it it's almost like a um yeah it's it's like a whole, you could have a whole anime of that you know what i mean like the whole time time tom uh, cruise is there fighting aliens in yeah, the yeah, background yeah. <laughs> now I think we actually reached a good point talking about Professor Elm and whatnot. We can transition into talking about the story and how we started in New Barktown. Yes, yes. Wow, look look at Matt doing my job for me. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> I, I was not going to, you know, I wasn't keeping Tristan in check enough. Matt's like, get on it. Um, so, <laughs> that, that is um, effectively our dynamic. Sometimes it's in reverse. All good, all good. Uh, yeah, so this is the, this is, and I, so... What, what I gathered from our earlier point in our conversation, uh, this is probably where we might disagree on when we get to the Kanto region, but let's begin. Uh, so the, at the start, uh, you start in New Barktown. So um, why it's called New Barktown, uh, I mean, you can you can only assume Japanese to, to... I wonder if it actually means that. Like, the Japanese translation is literally that. Uh, isn't this all like, these things I wonder about. Isn't this the start of, like, a lot of the starting towns having to do with... Uh, trees and whatnot i mean the professors obviously but this region in particular it's all plants just like all of um kanto's were colors right oh nice yeah i did another trivia fact i didn't know about uh but i'm sure now that you've told me i'm gonna look at all the names of the towns and, and realize oh yeah you get like golden rods or flowers azalea violets things Saffron. like that yeah. Oh, that makes a lot. Of I don't sense. think they do. Uh, no, no, they that's do it as much that's, in three. No, no, I'm because sorry, I'm thinking about uh, that. I, that was uh, Gen One City, wasn't it? Saffron City. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Saffron's also an herb, though, which Saffron's is color, I, yeah, I yeah. think that's I think that's why they picked it to connect to Goldenrod. Mm. But they're also just hub cities, so I don't know if it was like fully intentional. Regardless, uh, we started New Town. <laughs> <laughs> three years after uh pokemon red and blue so, they, so it happens three years i was always on the assumption that it happened two years apparently it's three years that's what people are telling me um so you get an egg uh which is one of the big things that happens with uh your, your first kind of adventure is to to make your way to uh pass the first city to get an egg and then come back 
uh, to Professor Elm's uh, laboratory. Yes, I missed the whole beginning. Oh, don't go into the wild, blah, blah, blah. Or you had like your, your friend uh, whom I don't know her name, but she also exists. Or is that another edition that I, that I'm I, I think that's missing? an edition. I think there was, okay, that's, like that's, that, that might be a heart cold edition. Yeah, so I'm not... pretty sure it was just a, a random person. Just... Oh, we're talking Whoa. about, we're talking about um, Lyra. Yeah, she was, she was from the remakes only. Okay, she's a remake. Yeah. Don't worry, yeah. that didn't happen. You, you you just went to get an egg, and there's a red hair boy uh, that essentially steals one of the starters, and you get in a big fight. Whoop de do. Uh, so he's your rival. He's he's the person you'll be facing. I think his lore name is Silver. So uh, yeah. you know, yeah, I pick. uh, I called mine Bingo. <laughs> I, I called mine question marks because the the game was like, what was his name? And I was like, I don't know. I, I cannot I think emphasize I enough how much of a young child I was playing these games. <laughs> oh no, I, I was think... too. <laughs> I thought it was it... quizzing me. I was like, gee man, I don't know. <laughs> I, I put three question marks. I think I kept kid it. Whose name was just like, it's bingo. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he's he's kind of your rival and I guess the big... If you want, if you want to think of plot and the story specifically, uh, the big differentiation between you and this uh, Pokemon trainer, uh, I'll use Silver because it's easier to just use a name. Uh, so Silver, the red-haired boy, um, is the fact that uh, Silver essentially mistreats his Pokemon. That's one of the big kind of, I guess, themes uh, where he's like, "Oh, I just need to be strong." Blah blah blah. Nothing new for your rival. Um, so. Uh, what kind of if I want to get some of like your big kind of clashes that happen? There's the Slowpoke Tales. That's when you reintroduce to Team Rocket, who is trying to uh, recreate uh, Team Rocket, and uh, they're selling these Slowpoke Tales. So uh, you, along with Kurt, kind of fight Team Rocket and and uh, help out that that town over there. What do you want to add here, Matt? Um, something I just wanted to pick up on is an interesting thing with the story of this game is it really kind of funnels you through some of the new features in this generation. Because, mm. like, the mm. first thing you're doing is you're going to get an egg, which introduces you to eggs and breeding by by association. And which is smart. Mm-hmm. then you, with the whole Slowpoke Tales, you're teaming up with Kurt, who's just like, oh, by the way, I make advanced technological Pokemon Pokeballs, Pokeballs with yeah. fruit somehow. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, there, uh, isn't it in the lore that they literally just caught Pokemon with fruit before? Yeah, they used to, yeah. Like, what does that mean? Like, you lured them in with the fruit, or you literally threw, like, a watermelon, and then, like, the Pokemon was caught in the watermelon? I just want to know, okay? <laughs> it was a lure thing, but no, the, the original Pokeballs were, like, there was, like, a kind of capture device, and I guess they couldn't, like, sort out the rest of it as far as like a casing so they just put them in nuts yeah i i think it's hilarious. supposed to be like a reference to like um i don't know catching like insects or something with um yeah uh with nuts or whatever in the game it doesn't make a terribly large amount of sense but you know we we just kind of roll with it because um, you need to be able to pick them up somehow as you're going around <laughs> yeah I always found the slowpoke tail part of the plot here really, really kind of almost a little disturbing as a kid. Yeah, they grow back. Yeah, but you, know, <laughs> you don't normally think of Pokemon as like animals that people eat. <laughs> it, it, it is. Yeah. This gen's kind of funny. Um, because as much as I, I like Silver as a character and like his general arc, 
Um, as a rival, he doesn't make a lot of sense because, like, his Isn't his kind of take on of things. Gen 1 no, no, because really? Gary Gary's like an arrogant jerk, but at the end of the day, like, he's still like his his professor's like the grandson. Like, yeah, he yeah. still knows what Pokemon are. Um, <laughs> Silver has this like naive side to him that like you'd think he just got dropped in there from like like an anime or something like that like he's got this kind of like pokemon aren't real so it doesn't matter what i do with them and i'm like buddy you grew up in this world there's no way you think that which is my only real gripe with his story um he comes around eventually but it, it kind of feels odd well you know what's weird i guess one of the things that is is i guess you know come to the slowpoke tales right in some ways uh uh silver is has the same mentality that a lot of the team rocket members have where they don't really care for them right yeah like, that's fair they're, they're, in in a in a game that you know in if this happened in real life we we'd be talking about animal cruelty they are the most extreme examples of it essentially is <laughs> what is what you can kind of boil it down to i feel um and so maybe maybe the difference is is the team rocket members i guess know what they're doing is wrong and they're doing right it anyway. that's that's the thing that gets me if if he was more of a hardline like villain i'd be more in touch with but he's just an stuff. idealistic kid right but he just kind of like doesn't get it and like that's why i'm like i, I mean i guess like team rocket were... kind of has this like yeah well they're animals but we can do what we want with them he's got this kind of like well they don't have feelings i'm like they definitely do <laughs> we know they do like this is just quantifiable fact that even 10 year olds know so like, come on. My my reaction is like, you've clearly not been around ten year olds recently. <laughs> no, I know that, there's that there's that too, but like I there's this I can't quite put it into words. Part of it always felt weird to me. That I don't like, think he he's a villain. He's supposed to be the naive child that some of the people that play these games are. Oh no, he's supposed I, to. Yeah, he's supposed to not know what he's doing. I just I feel like they wrote him as like. A person finding out about Pokemon for the first time, and that's the they end wrote of it for the six entire. year olds, yeah, trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, um, Matt, did you want to add something here? Oh, I was just gonna transition to say, um, but yeah, this game also does like a lot to introduce you to Lance, which kind of gets us into their next plot point. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quickly go over it. You also meet Bill at some point, you get an Eevee, cool. Um, there's the Red Gar- Gyarados, which is, uh, I guess, experimentation on Pokemon that Team Rocket's doing. Is that is that correct, yep. exactly? Um, and Lance is, I guess, the coolest character. <laughs> is Pretty he the coolest character? Just about. Uh, he's, he's your, like, whenever I think of Lance, or there's another character, I think, in the future games that also... They have a couple of these, like, dragon trainers that are just supposed to be, like, cool guys that are supposed to be the toughest around. Like, I feel like that's an archetype that's created. Um... And uh, he kind of helps you out with the red Gyarados, and then you get to like, fight against him. Did Did you have any kind of appreciation, other appreciation to Lance, Matt? Because you're kind of mentioning here. Um, I I do I do like how they constantly like uh, shill dragon trainers a lot in these games, <laughs> only to later in late much later in the series realize, oh crap, we made dragon way too powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, uh, they weren't lying. They are just telling you the truth, Matt. 
They're foreshadowing. Um, um but it, it it was a little odd to go so hard into like the dragon trainers in this game because like there's that whole like dragon shrine too. There's not a lot of dragon type Pokemon in the game. Yeah, it was kind of weird. So you know, Lance is like, how many Dragonite does he have? Like. He's got like, <laughs> at, at least, least two. He's got at least two, yeah. And then the, the rest of his team is like technicalities. Like Kingdra's a dragon at least, but he's got like an Aerodactyl. No. I'm sorry, no. <laughs> I will say I remember I don't know if it was in this game or or the, the first gen, but Dragonite was definitely a Pokemon that every time I saw I was like, oh, such a pain to beat this Pokemon. <laughs> um, I I think he appears in a Ruby. One of the one of the Elite Four and the Ruby as well has him. I, yes, they have a Dragon Trainer in the Elite Four. Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Dragon, I, I have. Uh, that's why I like. I, Dragon is such a cool character. I feel I, like. I like it's Dragonite a, a lot. It's it's like a dinosaur a little bit. It's like a yeah. fluffy dinosaur bat. Um, I, 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 <laughs> I, I like Dragon. Dragon. Sorry, you go ahead. Sorry. I, I always think of that Disney movie, Pete's Dragon, whenever I see it. <laughs> it's got that kind of, like, dopey look to it, where I'm like, it's mm. friend-shaped. I love him. It makes me think of Dragon Tales, to be honest. That's that's also <laughs> fair. Um, I would like Dragonite more if it didn't come after Dragonair, because, like, Dragon... Uh, shoot. Um, trying to think of the names of the evolution. Tratini, that's it. Tratini yeah, into yeah. Dragonair uh, has a very like cohesive like design evolution, and then it just <laughs> yeah. goes. And now, Dragon Tails. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of like it's kind of weird because in some ways the it's supposed to kind of end supposed to end up more like a serpent like that. That's. Like a, or... He has three Dragonites. <laughs> I just looked this up. He has a Gyarados, a Dragonite, an Aerodactyl, a Charizard, a Dragonite, and a Dragonite. And all three of them have Hyper Beam. Yep. Uh, well, that, that's probably a design decision that people hated uh, a lot. Um, anyway, uh, let's continue on quickly through the rest of the plot of this story. Uh, Team Rock is just trying to reconnect with G- uh, Giovanni um they have i guess so really you've only really had two encounters with team rocket before the main encounter um maybe maybe there's some other small one i missed but uh, essentially what happens is they're trying to reconnect with giovanni so they they take over radio station uh you fight them in the radio tower uh i, I put red hair boys here uh or silver <laughs> is also there so you, you fight him while you're there team rocket I really like the radio tower to be honest yeah it, it was a i think it's solid thing. I think it's better than the first gens. It was absolutely uh, better than Silphco. Takeover yeah. of the city, and I don't know where to go. Um, <laughs> uh, the yeah, so it, I think it's a solid kind of plot, and in some ways, it's nice because it kind of cleans up, and then you're you kind of realize after a certain point, it's like okay, we're we're doing the mainline game right now. You know what I mean? There's not going to be any other surprises, which is fine, I think, for 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 such early on uh, gen. Um, yeah, you disband Team Rocket, then you go to Victory Road, uh, Silver pops up right before the end of it, so you have to defeat him, and then, uh, yeah, Elite Four, then go through Kanto, beat Red, um, which I, I really love the extra kind of, like, the, the idea of you beat yourself from the first game, essentially, 
um, after you've got all sixteen oh, the whole, badges. The whole Mount Silver section is excellent. Yeah. I think it's. But... I think that last section is phenomenal. But I I know Tristan has some some choice words <laughs> that I gathered from what you thought of going through Kanto again. So what do you, what, what do you want to say about this? Oh, I was just going to say I like Johto more. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite regions. Um, they they It's kind of there in the design, but they also couldn't do much for that in like the 90s to like really <laughs> differentiate it. But well, it's Matt, like you really... said you, you didn't like Johto. You thought it was a little small. I, I felt it... Like, I like a lot of the design elements of Johto, but... It always feels a little small to me because it feels like um, you finish Johto and then it just kind of gets shuffled to the side as the game goes. And now we can go back to Kanto. That is unironically why I love it. Um, Johto is based off. We're we we're kind of touching on it. What what it's based off of, like regionally. Um, yeah. Kanto is just a one to one with the Kanto region, as far as I'm aware of. Um, yeah. I think I think Johto is the Kansai region. Where it's a lot more rural and like traditional, yeah. And like you can you can really see it with Ecrotique, which is like the the main like cultural hub, I guess, because it's got like the Tin Tower, it's got like the Kimono Dancers, it's got all these things. But there's there's other like they they sprinkle out other things throughout, like Kurt's whole like practices this traditional art of like Pokeball making, and like there's just a lot of like heart to it, I think. Whereas Pokemon had these. Like in, in Kanto, there's like these these they're they're not like huge cities because you're on a Game Boy cartridge, but like <laughs> Celadon City, Cerulean City, Vermilion Cities are all treated as cities. Where in Johto, you really only get like a handful. Like Violet City is like a city, Goldenrod City is a big city, but like a lot of them are kind of just like these smaller things, and I think that's like a neat contrast. Yeah. Um, Ecrutique is based on uh, Kyoto, which is yeah, that uh, for great. those who don't inherently understand uh, Japanese political history, is was the center, I mean still is, but especially more in the past, was the center of the uh, imperial government, which didn't always hold political power, but always held a lot of cultural power. And so, I mean, I think I think there is something. Okay, so I kind of want to want to get off, uh, or sorry, want to say something about the the Kanto region. I think the idea of once you've been Johto going through Kanto again and then beating your rival at the end is amazing. But there is a feeling, and this is probably my only gripe with this game, because I. I when you're going through Kanto again and you're just beating gym badges, it can be a little tedious, <laughs> shall we say? I, I felt I felt a little bit like that. Where where I think it kind of becomes like difficult bosses to beat, I feel, especially with some of the leveling. Yeah. I, I the think that's games. largely a scaling thing rather than like pacing. Yeah, but, if, but, if, if, mm-hmm. if you happen to be over leveled enough, it, it really feels like this neat victory lap. Um, uh, if you are okay. not over leveled enough, it is an absolute slog. Yeah, I think, I think this that's... is part of the reason for my thoughts on Johto because uh, Lance tops out at like level fifty. Yeah, um, <laughs> which for a lot of the games is really low for the champion of the Elite Four. 
But it kind of makes sense, given you're about to go into combat, Yeah, because, right? I mean, they can't have him a level 60 or else, you know, you'd be fighting Blaine with level 70. Uh... It, it's also a bit of a jump into the Elite Four themselves, because Claire, Claire caps it at, like, I want to say, like, 38. And then it, yeah. like, leaps you into 45 without really, like, much EXP on the way. Because, like, you go to Victory Road, and because technically you can sequence break for some of that, um, it doesn't really give you a lot of like strong trainers, mm-hmm. so it's just yeah. it's just this weird like there, there's there's some gaps in this leveling curve, but I don't consider that a story problem so much as just like game jank, if that makes sense. That's fair. It, it's I think that's just fair. Part of what affected my thoughts. Yeah, yeah, that's that's certainly fair. Yeah, and it's it's uh, like I said, I don't. It's a very yeah. If if you're winning and you're just beating the gym badges, I think it's a lot of fun. I think the reason I just personally remember playing that part. First of all, can I just say, and I do remember this as a story. I knew you could go from Johto to back to um, Kanto region, but as a kid, I couldn't figure it out. So <laughs> I spent forever trying to find out how is it going to get from Johto to Kanto. That's where having an older sister is clutch. <laughs> I, I remember because in um, if you look at the map, it'll show you like the name of the place you are. And yeah. I remember, I remember, I unlocked surf, and I, I went. I was like, "There's a lot of water immediately to the east of New Bark Town." And I was like, "I'm gonna go see what's in that water." And it was the first thing I did. And there's this cave, and it's how you get to Kanto, and it's I, it hadn't like quite clicked yet. And then when you it's, actually get to do it in in the cave it's like it's called like the tojo falls and i was like it's just johto but reversed this is so cool <laughs> <laughs> i i yeah and i so yeah my my only fault with this game was the leveling and on it well maybe maybe there's other things like you can consider faults but the only thing for me in my first run through when i was a kid was that was the uh was the leveling in the contour in the contour region just because my pokemon as also type i think i had a type disadvantage against the first gym i went up against yeah for sure oh boy there's no way i can even get pokemon that are this this good and yeah it is one of my biggest criticisms of the game it's it's leveling curve is atrocious at times (laughs) regardless i would say um and I, I did mention this in the beginning, and then like I guess I guess I would technically kind of lean towards the remake version, but it is one of my top of the whole game. And it's like yep. okay, the plot isn't overly complicated, um, but I think the difference is is that there's a lot of heart and there's a lot of soul. One might say. <laughs> oh my god. Um, We're not talking about good. those yet. <laughs> uh, but no, no, I, I would say the. The progression of the game, especially the Johto region, feels very comfortable and it feels like there are tasks that take you away from just like, oh, I'm just beating gym leaders, right? Yep. Um, yeah. And I think they do a great job of that. Um, I even think the map for its circular, like the weird kind of circle thing they do, I think it's actually better than some regions where they become way too linear in, in some of their progression yeah, we'll talk about black and white when it comes up uh so so it's kind of nice you kind of don't know exactly where you're going when the first time you play through it so for me it's definitely up there um uh, this is a final thought segment but we do kind of have to talk about crystal and, and our favorite pokemon in a second maybe we'll talk about favorite pokemon then i'll give you guys uh, the two of you final thoughts at the end of the show sound good yeah uh <laughs> just 
I, I like I like order and then realize I just broke it. You know, all good. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, it's a casual chaos. setting, so it's all good. Um, so favorite Pokemon, I will say from this Lugia uh, and O. Uh, I love those legendary Pokemon. There's also like Swoosin and then all the all the cats. I guess you might call the them dogs. The dogs. My bad. Uh, yeah, I, I actually they, from a legendaries perspective, the three dogs and the and the two uh, the two legendaries here are are I think some of my favorite designs. I, I like that Johto had its own like myth arc as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really helped with the whole like traditional feel. Whereas like here's this bird, it's in a power plant. Yeah, we don't know. That that was one of the weird things about Gen One. Although you, I will yeah, say, on them. principle, I hate Raikou. That's fair. Not not anything with the design, not, nothing about him. I just hate him because I was never able to catch him. And uh, later on, I've learned that if I had caught Raikou, I would have been able to catch Ho-Oh. Yep. Only in and Crystal, but yeah. I, I, cannot, I, I cannot stand the sight of it's Raikou obnoxious, anymore. I was able to catch all three, but never in Crystal. Yeah. So it's like, come on. <laughs> um... My favorite Pokemon design is probably either Tyranitar or uh, Houndoom. Ooh, Tyranitar. Yes, this like I actually thought of this Pokemon. I I do like this this design a lot. It's like it's like essentially the the scarier version of <laughs> uh, Dragonite. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but no, it's a really cool design. I like I like it a lot. And what would you say, Houndoom? Yeah, Houndoom. Houndoom is also good. I liked Houndour more. Houndour? I think it's Houndour, just because, like, dour is a word. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I like this one a lot. I It is crazy, because some of these Pokemon I don't associate with Gen 2, but they are Gen 2 Pokemon, you know what I mean? Where you kind of yeah. get lost in, in knowing which one's from which gen. Uh, yeah, I, I like this one a lot. But it, it's weird because this, for whatever reason, the art style of Houndoom reminds me of Gen Three, or Gen maybe not it, Gen Four. It kind, of, it kind of has a Gen Three vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. is that weird like, to say? But there's like specific kind of styles of, of I, art. I saw a thing that was talking about Pokemon art styles and how, yeah. as it went, as it's come along, it's kind of got like a more mascoty look to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for Gen Three though, they kind of went like almost more realistic for a few almost, things i i think especially with the hd upgrade like it kind and of then feels... really has that kind of like vibe to it yeah yeah, yeah. I, I would yeah, be so curious yeah. to see I, i'd be curious to see how um the actual time oh that's what i was gonna say we were, we were talking about how um gen 2 feels like an extension of gen 1 yes um the reason why a lot of the pokemon are very like i guess similar in vibes and there's not a lot of overlap like you have like like Centret is like definitely like another Rattata, but mm. um, a lot of the Pokemon from Johto were essentially ready to ship for Gen One, and they just oh. didn't have space on the cartridges. Mm. Like if there's 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 some evidence to support that like not the entire Pokedex is still things that come up with it like after the fact, mm. probably most of the Dark types, a few of the Steel types, but. Um, Definitely, some of them were like going to be in there, and then they were like, "Actually, no," and they just put them off. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think I think thematically, like a lot of these Gen two Pokemon very much fit. So, yeah, I a lot of sense to me that they already had made a lot of them. Uh, 
uh, favorite starters while we're here, Matt. I know, I know you want to Totodile. Totodile. Although I will say, um, Cyndaquil into Typhlosion is a very, very strong second. Cyndaquil until I die. <laughs> it it you know remains crazy? a fire starter. I think these are my favorite starters. <laughs> All three of them. If uh, if they're not for me, they're very close. Yeah. Yeah. If they're not, um, what's the what's the grass type? Chikorita. Chikorita. Into I like you know Chikorita. I love Bayleaf. Meganium kind of fell flat for me a little yeah. bit. Yeah. It's crazy because I started Cyndaquil like all the way. Then the next time I play through on Totodile, and every time since then I've chosen Chikorita. I don't know what it is. There's something about like maybe because I never choose the grass type. This That's is the fair. one grass type that very much appealed to me. Like there's something about the fact that I, you know, would choose Charizard or or sorry. In the first gen, I would definitely either choose Charmander or Squirtle. That now, when I go back, I'm like, oh, I should sh- sh- choose uh, uh, Bulbasaur because you know I never do that. <laughs> I I think if I'm examining it, the reason I didn't quite like it as much at the time is because it ultimately ends up as just like another grass dinosaur, and I'm kind of like, yeah, okay, well, we did that. Yeah, it's also a bit. It's also a bit plain. It's kind of got this like really flat. Uh, color scheme to it with like a floral uh, neck thing and that's about it. It's not my favorite design for Pokemon. I like Bayleaf though. Uh, I, 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 actually... I do like Bayleaf a lot, yeah. Uh, I think it, Bayleaf it's... is much better, yeah. Uh, hold on, and because and, I'm kind of including... I actually think I like Bayleaf more than I like Meganium. Meganium? Meganium. Meganium. Sorry, I'm, I'm literally looking this up. Yeah, no, so fair. I... from. I think it's kind of crazy, but yeah, I final evolutions. I it's tough because I I don't know if I particularly like the final evolutions as much. It, I, I like the that second a lot with grass starters for me. If I'm honest, I'm like, for so close. I mean, except you know, Torterra, like no, I know Torterra, obviously Torterra. <laughs> for alligator, ride or die, Torterra. <laughs> I think is my favorite final evolution for these starting. Yeah, for like, I like I, I, these these three are probably my favorite. Like the only reason I would ever consider first gen is just purely nostalgia reasons. But I think there's something like combined of like this was the new thing and and they just kind of yeah. had a really cool look to them. I think they did really well. I think my um, overall fave for this one, uh, yeah. just because I, I I missed it, uh, is Mareep. Mareep. Yeah, just straight up, it's very Mareep. good. It's a little, it's oh a yes, cheap. it's just that's, it's that's just electric. Yeah. is quite good. It's really good. Ampharos is a bit odd. It's it's one of those ones that it's like the design behind it is super obvious because it's like this is a really fluffy sheep, and you're like, yeah, of course, static electricity. Look at him. Yeah, I love him. Well, for me, like it's kind of funny because I have a, a similar Pokemon in Gen One, which is just like it's essentially just like an animal, but it isn't, you know, which is uh, uh, Arcanine. <laughs> yeah, that's or, like. Actually, Growlithe. I, I think I like Growlithe. I like, I like Growlithe. Yeah, I like Growlithe more than I like Arcanine, if I'm completely honest. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of funny, because it's just like, it's like a cute animal. Anyway. Uh, we should right. probably transition into Crystal now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, gonna, we're gonna get into things here. So, yeah, quick rundown of differences between uh, Crystal and the original uh, Gold and Silver. Um, in Crystal, you're finally able to play as a female character. Amazing. Uh, honestly, probably, you know, big... 
of all the decisions, uh, best decision they could have made, I'm sure that it widely expanded the amount of people that played Pokemon. Like, no yeah. joke. Yeah. Um, so I think my sister think... was so jealous that I had Crystal, and, didn't, <laughs> and, and the fact that I didn't play as the female character just drove her up the wall because <laughs> I had the choice and I didn't <laughs> take it. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, this this is something that was uh, I think really good for for a lot for the future of Pokemon as well, uh, but just in general, awesome. Uh, animations for all Pokemon. So there's a whole bunch of animations added in this in Crystal. I think that weren't originally there when like your Pokemon appeared. Yeah, um, that, that adds so much to the game. It's kind of funny because I sometimes now in the newer games, the setup before the actual fighting, I kind of get tired of. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let me call out with my catchphrase. Let me keep talking throughout the throughout the fighting. Um, so uh, other big things, battle tower. So where you got to challenge yourself. Um, this is one of those things where I think it's a cool addition for for some of the future games. In this particular version, uh, once I beat the Elite Four and uh, sorry, once I beat the all sixteen badges, the Elite Four and and Red, uh, I might be good for the. <laughs> the I, I, I was also I like to it at the I time. Was too, I was not good at this game to be able to actually touch to the actually battle, tower. battle Tower. Yeah, and, but it's cool to have because people who like finish the game can kind of test themselves and have fun with yeah. that. So I, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's a bad addition. It's just I don't think it's as impactful. It's like. You really, you literally have to enjoy like the pure Pokemon battles, which is fine, right? Which, which I think there's a skill to uh, and enjoyment to. But um, a lot of these games, especially now, how we have so many of them, uh, I think you know, for me, it's like once I beat Red, I think I'm good with this game. You know, um, move tutor, so that's nice. So you can you can learn learn some of those moves that you either missed or or that the Pokemon will learn in the future. Yeah. I think that's how that works. Unlike capabilities, I did not know this was a thing, but I apparently didn't know it was, it was a thing. A thing. Uh, so you'd probably there was, there need to... was like a weird thing with like cell phone stuff mostly. This is one of those things where it's like, I think because they start working on this technology so early, that's why we had so many like online type things earlier probably than we we could have expected because they I think really wanted to have that uh, component. But at this point, it's not something that I I'd ever even seen or heard anyone use at the time. Yeah. Uh, but it's good that they're developing it because it's something they use widely um, in the DS era. Um, also, event Pokemon. Uh, so this could be like where you go to different places uh, or different times. There might be certain Pokemon that could be caught. Um, kind of adding on to to their in-game events that they had. Like you could actually go to real life like Pokemon things and yeah, and then get there. And then legendary Pokemon were part of the plot. So that was that was the. That was the uh, kind of big additions from Crystal. Anything else, Matt, that you remember? Um, no, that pretty much covers it. Uh, the legendary Pokemon being part of the plot was, you know, you occasionally, like, the three dogs would just kind of stand there and block the way, and then, like, some old <laughs> man would be like, oh, yes, the legendary three dogs who died in a fire, and let me tell you the whole story. I kind of like it, though. I'm not going to lie. I kind of like it because... Oh, yeah. No, I... they definitely built on that, um, especially in third generation, which we'll get to next time. Uh, <laughs> but... but no, no. I, I was going to say, it's because it's it, it makes the story feel a little fuller. Like, there's other stuff you're thinking about. Like, oh, there's these cool dogs. Maybe they went a little overboard, but... Um, no, I mean, it, it, it's it's definitely... They didn't, don't get me wrong. They didn't go overboard with it. Um... You just didn't care. <laughs> it was it was it was a bit of a it, 
it wasn't so much integrated as like the plot would occasionally stop to talk about these three dogs, mm-hmm. and then they would move oh, on. I see, I see. Um, it was kind of like a side plot that was added in. But um, maybe you might prefer that over Gen Three, from what you were saying. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll get to that. Um, we'll get to that. But. Uh, yeah, do you have any other things that you can remember? Because the, there are a lot of similarities in the game. It's not like there's much yeah. more than this, right? No, those are the main things I can really think about. Okay, I think from here what we can do then is Matt, maybe, uh, and then Tristan have your final thoughts on the second generation of games. All right. Um, I would say they were a massive uh, step forward. Um after the massive success of the first generation, uh, they really could have played things really safe. And in some ways they did, but in a lot of ways they really added a bunch of stuff, put a lot of work into this generation, and it shows and really set a bar and a foundation for Pokemon moving forward. Uh, some people might say that they haven't exactly cleared that bar since. <laughs> um, you know, every single time a new Pokemon game comes out, they're like, Man, imagine if they had a previous region in it, like in second generation, uh, which I think just really says something for how quality these games were. Uh, Tristan? Yeah, um, I I would argue this is the earliest Pokemon game I can actually stand to replay. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would would say that it it definitely improved a lot as far as like it holding up over time. I, I can get through like red and blue, but I wouldn't actively seek it out. Uh, whereas, like, I still sometimes play Crystal. This is, I mean, this will be something I'm sure we'll talk about in the future, but this is where the argument for a lot of the remakes makes a lot of sense because you can kind of re-enjoy it, but it's a little bit reimagined, yep. so you're not you're not put back in that time period of having to deal with some quality of life things that are just really annoying or, or some uh, leveling things that aren't. Anyway, continue. The, the, thing, with, the thing with the remakes, just because, like, I know we're not going to, we might have, like, a remake episode, I think we said. Oh no! We're there. Listen, when when we're going round two, we're doing all the remakes individually, okay? Oh, individually, <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll say it now then. Um, it's interesting now that we're getting Gen Four remakes because a lot of people thought we might not get them at all. Mm-hmm. We, we were talking about how Gen One and Two were kind of like segregated off from the rest of the games based on like no no connectivity. Yeah. Um, that was the driving force behind the Gen One and Two remakes. Was it's because, because they're combined. like they were completely not like accessible you got it you had all these pokemon that you could not get in gen 3 and beyond mm-hmm. uh, without them so it was kind of one of those like necessity things um where a lot of people weren't sure if we were necessarily going to ever see remakes of three and four just because like they were so technically playable right i think now the the reality is it's a lot easier for them to make a remake and a lot of people are going to love it for the new consoles like that's just the reality. yeah yeah for sure yeah it, it's good business sense but like they, I, I feel like they had more of an they, they felt like they had more of an obligation to it mm-hmm. with remaking one and two just because they were like oh well, we can't just leave all these Pokemon unavailable in um, a way that like yeah yeah so uh, yeah you're just saying this is one of the few that you could actually stand to to get back in yeah, one one of the earliest anyway I can I can go back and play pretty much any of them mm-hmm. um, but I I wouldn't actively seek out red blue uh, red blue yellow to play again yeah. And I would argue that the you know this this game definitely built upon the strength of the first game, right? Yep. Um, we we talked about the kind of one two nature of these two, 
Um, and there's definitely an argument to be made that if it was just Johto region, I think it'd be a decent game, but it would not nearly be as fulfilling, I think. Um, yeah, there's something really strong about the idea that you're literally facing yourself from the past. I, I really like that kind of being your, your final your final kind of twist at the end of Mount Silver. Um, yeah, so I think takeaways is, uh, you know, as we go through the future games, I'll see if those, how those compare to these ones. Uh, but my, like I said at the beginning of the episode, my first, my gut reaction right now is, is this is standing strong as my favorite game. And as we go through, maybe I'll challenge that uh, in the future games. Um, the only last thing that I'd like to talk about, and I feel like it's pertinent to talk about this with this particular game. Um, so this will kind of be our final discussion and we'll wrap up as soon as we're done this. But um, how do we feel about the idea of a one, two game? Cause we haven't, I mean, okay, Black and White 1 and 2 is, is a little bit like it, but not quite. How do we feel about this, like, revisiting the old region-type uh, uh, Pokemon game? Uh, do, do, does, do you think this could work uh, in, in, like, the current time period? Could they make these kind of games where uh, they have you they have you revisit old regions? Um, yeah. What, what are I would like? say that there's certainly a market for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they can fully justify it as is on current hardware yeah with like, um, the sheer amount of stuff they'd have to like do for it um that said sword and shield like greatly expanded on themselves their dlc so we might see that kind of thing in the future if they if they deign to like give it to us but um just the since it was the game boy color like game boy era it felt like it was the last one where that was really like super duper possible mm-hmm. and then anything like that past that it was gonna maybe um strain resources and i think there's an argument to be made that the games in the future pack a lot more into into the smaller region shall we say or like into the one region yeah like, like a random a lot of random things but a lot more stuff depending on the game but generally i would agree but we can we can talk about that on a game by game basis yeah 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 definitely Matt, did you want to add something to that? Um, no, I think that pretty much covers it. Um, the, uh, the as I said previously, like every single time a new game comes out, people fantasize about being able to go to different regions and seeing them um, again in the same game. So there is definitely a market for it, uh, but you know. <laughs> Part of me, part of me, kind of wonders: Do I really want to see, uh, you know, say, Hoenn region in the Sword and Shield style? Because, <laughs> like, what I mean, would that even look like that, there's a I think I mean, unambiguously yes for me, but still. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, that's interesting. Actually, yeah. If 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 I saw specifically, you said the Hoenn region. Yeah, yeah. That's the third. Um, generation region i would just pick one out of a hat uh yeah that's interesting because I, I actually never thought about like what it would look like revisiting it the yeah um i, I haven't played through yellow or sorry pokemon what's it let's go pikachu or whatever no whatever it's called yeah. um but there's also a whole other thing about art styles and, and cop down versus kind of like yeah. first person view which i'm sure we'll get into uh, when that switch happens um and yeah, I guess I guess revisiting those will will be kind of big topic of discussion. 
but I, I don't really particularly want to get into this. Actually, I, I, one, one, one more quick question. Sorry, I just, I just thought of this and I thought Matt might like uh, us, us to answer this. Do you think it was plausible to catch them all on this? I know, I know you asked this. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Thank so you, you for think remembering it's... my own section that I completely forgot about. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Do you think it, it was possible at this time to catch yes. them all? Yes. Uh, because, I... mm-hmm. because you could so easily connect to um like red blue and yellow with this mm-hmm. game um and this game only added an extra 100 pokemon i'd say mm-hmm. it's pretty feasible if you know if we said if we said gen 1 is feasible we can say gen 2 is feasible i tend to agree the one thing i would add as well and this is kind of like a weird thing to think about but i actually think it's the easiest to catch them all way 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 after <laughs> That was that's my argument. I never had a hope or prayer of getting any of the complete list because uh, training is a pain. Um, so and may- maybe I didn't care enough before, but as soon as the, there's the internet system, I actually think it's a lot easier to go back to the previous ones and like trade your way up. Especially now at this point, where they keep revisiting a lot of those Pokemon. So so it's it's uh it's almost like a weird thing where it's like because it's so far back now it's a lot like i've caught all the original 251 right um and using the the future (laughs) using the future technology but at the time i don't think i would have been able to to catch them that being said if you had two versions of the game whether it was a sibling or a friend and you had a trading device i think it is very much within the realm possibility Tristan, Uh, tristan do you have something to say nope 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 you would think yes or no? He agrees with us? Disagrees? Yeah, no, I pretty much agree. Okay. <laughs> All right. I think we'll we'll end it there. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll have a show once again. The rule of thirty days. It'll probably be two weeks, but we're we're only gonna guarantee thirty days just in case something comes up. Uh, so we'll see you then. And uh, the next one on our list will be Ruby and Sapphire. So. Uh, I hope you enjoy that. Uh, Anyway, from myself, from Matt, from Tristan, I hope all of you have a wonderful uh, couple weeks. See you then. See you. See you then.